intro am am radio tuning in welcome back <laughs> it's been a while just testing some things out you know uh sorry for the wait you know life and summer and cottages and you know vacations and things happen want to be a little more active but uh hoping august is the the month that we ramp things back up as we head back into the year i feel like everyone else has slowed down and i myself want to listen to podcasts so uh, why not make our own right so uh, welcome back. It's Leafs Late Night, hosted by Roscoe. Got Beaner here with me. How you been? I'm busy as always. Same story for me. Um, today's actually my son's birthday, so it's been a busy weekend this past weekend with a party for him and his friend. They did a joint party this year. We took him to the zoo on Friday. And oh, well, so, happy birthday, Patrick. So Yeah, seven uh, years old. Wow getting old i was just Weird watching a seven-year-old uh, i was just watching master chef jr and they were like eight to 13 year olds so i have like i, I don't see small children that often because i don't have any so i have like a visual for like okay so it's just younger <laughs> than that that's that's about where we're at <laughs> it's weird being uh you know just not around kids anymore but uh i don't know it's, it's weird that different you know you're living in the city and working and just friends that don't have them yet so or at least i have one friend who has a really small one but it's strange things are going to change soon though i bet is that a, a precursor to something there roscoe no, not me definitely not me <laughs> i just mean like my friends i'm sure eventually i have no plan for that no siree but uh no that sounds like that sounds like a blast i'm glad you guys uh I've had some nice weather at least it's been decent here i don't know about there but yeah we've been time really that. lucky even when we went to the zoo it was it, like it looked like it was supposed to be stinking hot and it wasn't too bad nice yeah it's been like 25 every day here rained a couple times but otherwise been pretty nice uh we went on a road trip last week actually first time went down to new york and up through oh what was it connecticut rhode island um boston Vermont, Boston, New Hampshire in between there. Yeah. Went to the Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. That was cool. But I hate to admit it as much as I hate Boston's sports teams. Really gorgeous city. Well, it's one of one of the older cities in the States, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. There was so many old buildings that have just been uh, well kept and um, turned into things that are still usable and modern while preserving the history that's there but we went on a bunch of walks there's all these old buildings like the paul revere house and stuff that's there since like the 1700s it's crazy but rent there is whack we were like oh i wonder what it'd be like to live here oh a two-bedroom apartment's 3500 a month no thanks u.s isn't that, so that's like 4200 canadian isn't that basically toronto uh, it's probably <laughs> a little more than Toronto just because of the exchange rate. Like that was something that really hit. Like when we were down there, I didn't realize how bad it is right now. Like I think it's 75 cents on the dollar, but it's brutal once you start adding it up. But, uh, other than that, just been cleaning cottaging. It's been good. Nice little summer, you know? Yeah. We had all these plans and not, not much of them have come up come to fruition no um i uh do have a couple things in no 
specific order we can talk about tonight, which is to catch up on the goings on around the league. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's get into some hockey, eh? Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup: Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beener, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Ooh, I got new headphones, and these ones are better than the old ones I had. The bass on that song hits so much better. <laughs> it's like a vibe. Uh, it's been a while. I'm getting back into the uh, the swing of this. You know, it feels, feels strange talking again. Owns a mic. Okay, what do we got left here? So, Tarasenko and a bunch of people signing. We can start with that. Oh, there was one I did want to talk about first. So, uh, something I wanted to touch on when it started, but now we have an update on it, so it is relevant again. Mr. Alex Galchenyuk, who has struggled to find a home over the years in the NHL uh, after was a promising first few years. Uh, he's kind of hopped around team to team, you know, went from Montreal just off the top of my head. He was been in Colorado. He's been on Nashville. He's been with the Leafs. Um, he's been in Chicago, I think. Where else? Phoenix, Montreal. Yeah, Arizona Toronto. was the last one. He was on Colorado, I think, for a bit. Yeah, I said Colorado and Nashville. Yeah. I forgot about the Nashville one. Was he in Nashville? He was in Nashville, wasn't he? Mm. Mm, Fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure Gautchenyuk played for Nashville at one point. I could be wrong. But uh, anyway, point of the story is that uh, Alex Gautchenyuk signed with the Arizona Coyotes and then promptly about a week or two after that was cut by the Arizona Coyotes. And then we found out it's because he pulled some uh, huge piece of shit energy stuff. While getting pulled over, well, with his dad too, just throwing racial slurs at a cop and pretending that uh, you know rules don't apply to him. So on a little drug tirade, driving out in uh, in Arizona. So that whole thing ended real quick. But the update now is that he has signed with, I believe, what was it Sparta Moscow in uh, the KHL? Mm, I'd have to verify the team, but yeah, I believe he signed over there. Yeah, so um, that's it for the NHL, at least for this year, for Mr. Galchenyuk. Um, I mean, what a wild ride this guy's been on. It's It seemed like Arizona was going to be a new shot for him. Like, they're a team that's, you know, if anyone's willing to go there, it's because they they want the chance, really. Like, I don't think anyone's running to go play in a, a Arizona State University arena for the next two years. So it means you're looking for that shot. And uh, he blew it real quick, man. He definitely did. By the way, um, he did not play for the Predators. Ah. Montreal, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. Ottawa, Ottawa, geez, Toronto, Arizona again, then Colorado. Yeah, for some reason, I guess it was Pittsburgh. I could picture him in yellow, but that's why. Wow, what a uh, what a list. He's a good one for Puck Doku, I guess. I, I was actually just starting to try to do mine here as we were on. I didn't know about this until, uh, I don't know, whenever I brought it up like two weeks ago. I heard on 
athletic, they were talking about it and I could kind of piece together what it was just by the way that they were talking about how they were playing. Cause they didn't really explain it. But uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Puck Doku is like, um, it's not, I guess Sudoku is not really a good thing to compare it to. It's more like, um, guess the, it's like the opposite of family feud. Like you want to guess the, the least popular answer. It, and there's well, like yeah. there's like a tic-tac-toe board and where each it's like a grid where each of the teams cross you have to fill in a player that has played for each of those two teams or you know has played for this team and reached a certain milestone and the least the lower your score of uniqueness meaning like the least amount of people that picked it uh the more points you get which this game is actually perfect for someone like me because I have all these obscure friggin' names, like the one grid I sent you guys. Yeah, I, when it, you sent me one that was like two people with 0.2%, like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> like, I'm lucky if I get single digits, I'm like, damn, that was a good one. But I'm, I'm like hovering around 20%, 30% usually if I get lucky. And see, I was upset with one for today's. So I'll give a little spoiler, Toronto and St. Louis. And I thought, oh, nobody ever thinks of Doug Gilmore. Because he was a rookie with St. Louis. True. But it's 5%. Like, come on. Should be lower than that. I mean, five's still pretty good. I would have said, like, Alex Sneen. Oh, he's probably way up there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I'm not good at this. This is a you game. I don't even know why I, I opened it. There's some that I've stared at for so long where I'm like, I do not know who has played for Minnesota and the New York Islanders. Like, I could not. Zach like, in, See, like. <laughs> but that's obviously that's going to be like the big one, right? So you want to think of like something else anyway. And then another thing that people don't get is like for a team like Colorado you can use someone who was for the Nordiques. True. Yeah. Cause it's the previous franchises. So that that's, that's a, a fun little twist there that helps people like me that know a lot of the older players. The one that screws me is the hundred points one. I always think people reach the hundred points that didn't I'm like, damn it. I'm trying to stretch for somebody and it's like, Nope, they never did. And I look it up after I'm like, fuck they're like 86. What? The one for today, 200 plus PIM, PIMs in a season with a certain Ooh. team. That's tough. There's only a few people. Well, some of them are easy, but they're not going to have a good... Uh, what, what do they call it? What's the percentage score they call it? Rarity uniqueness. Or, yes, uniqueness. They're not going to have a good uniqueness score. Well, that's what I mean. Like, There's only so few people to pick from. It's going to be hard to get a good one there. Um, so <laughs> on that, just real quick, uh, other around the league news, Patrice Bergeron retired which uh, leaves some big gaping holes on the Boston Bruins, which is strange. Usually when someone retires, it's like they're not still the most effective and uh, prominent leader on the team, but uh, Bergeron was, so uh, it's going to be tough. Um, Krejci's probably going to go too, by the sounds of it. It's going to be a new team there, especially with the competition in the Atlantic now. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see Boston kind of falling from the pedestal they've been on for the last... Decade and a half. So, like, is Pavel Zaka their number one center now? 
Well, that's what I mean. Like, there's, it's not like you can just poof one out of the air. Like, there's nobody available. They're not going to trade for one. Like, what do you do now? It's weird that they didn't know further in advance or at least like plan for who's next. Like, there's, there's nothing there. Yeah. Kind of Pittsburgh esque. And it, it kind of snuck up, right? Like, I don't think anyone really thought about, I mean, like, we knew it was kind of the last hurrah for them, but. I don't think people were questioning what was next for Boston as much as they have been with other teams like Pittsburgh and Washington. Well, because you've had the steadiness of Bergeron there, right? Like you yeah. have Mar- Marchand, who, as much as they dislike the guy, he continuously gets better with age, which is just stupid. And yeah, then- there's something in the water in Boston there. Like there, there's something going on where these guys get older and they get better. Well, and then Bergeron, he he hasn't really gotten better. He's just been literally the perfect model for consistency over the last 12, 13 years. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that really stands out with with him for me is when the Mitchell Miller stuff went down and he sat down with Friedman and was like, look, you know, we've we've cultivated a, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, an attitude and a culture here that is not this. And, you know, we all like to support communities, not put them down. So. I think he, he, he made a good, uh, it was a good, um, how do you put it? Um, like the, that's yeah. the kind of guy he was, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Leadership. Yeah. That's, that's like, the leadership. Like, that really? He, that's, um, that's what it was. Demonstrated. Yeah. So interesting to see what happens there. Um, otherwise there have been some wild signings in the last couple of weeks. Um, I did mention Vlad Tarasenko going to Ottawa and uh, I guess to replace Alex Zabrinkit. So that's going to be fun to watch. I think barring uh, some crazy injury ridden year again, Ottawa should be good. Yeah. But everyone was saying that last year, like, right. That's what I mean. But if we got hurt last year, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Starting the season with Chikrin on the back end and, likely a healthy Shabbat, even just those two guys and you have Stutzel and Kachuk. And if, even if Tarasenko's 80% of what he used to be, he's still going to be at least a brinket, if not better. Yeah. Last year, weren't they down like Norris Batherson, both their goalies, like they were pretty shorthanded last year. So if everybody's healthy, it's a good team, but they just cannot get it with the luck. Yeah, uh, Vince Dunn signing four times 7.35 with Seattle. I mean, I know the guy was good fantasy wise, and I know Seattle's like, you know, if you're here, you're kind of the guy that's here, but it's a lot of money for Vince Dunn. They're like the anti Golden Knights. Yeah. They actually respect their players and, and want to show them loyalty, and the Golden Knights just want the next new shiny toy, which, well, we're all eating crow right now because as of right now, it's working. Well, that's what I mean is like, as Vegas is proving that that works, Seattle's taking this, you know, nice guy, 25 year loan on a team kind of like, you know, you're doing the long game on franchise mode. It's like, I get it if you're trying to, you know, build a legitimate franchise long term, because who wants to do that? But for a team that's (laughs) brand new, and you're trying to get fans going, like it just it seems like a strange approach to take. But Again, I just come back to the number. Like, yes, the cap is going up, but that's a lot of money for Vince Dunn. Like, what is your stats? It's a ton of money for Dunn. Like, am I crazy? He had 64 points 
and that's double his total from last year of 35, which was at that point his most ever. Wow. Yeah, like he's a good player, but... I mean, who else are you going to spend it on? It's only four years. It's not that bad. It's just good for Vince, I guess. Uh, also, Samsonov avoids arbitration, but we'll get back to that with the Leaf stuff. Tony D'Angelo, after a weird back and forth of is he traded, is he not traded, signs with Carolina for 1.675, which seems, again, like he goes back and forth from, oh, Tony D'Angelo's underpaid on that one-year contract. We should sign him for $5 million. Oh, $5 million is too much for Tony D'Angelo. Let's give him a million. Oh, Tony D'Angelo is underpaid at a million. Let's give him five million again. It's like, holy shit, someone give him two and a half and just call it a day. So the fact (laughs) that they got him for 1.375 or whatever it is, like, great. That seems like about what we're going to give Tony D'Angelo. And we need to stop pretending that he's for some reason worth four or five million dollars and buying him out every other year because it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to do too, too much for D'Angelo. Now that's just me being me, but one point six seven five. Sorry. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's just inviting stuff onto your team that you don't need. Yeah, and look, the guys—he's a decent offensive defenseman from what we've seen for one point six. Great. That's kind of taken a, a cut off for being an asshole. Um, he's definitely not a four and a half or five like he was getting before. Um, but like I said, this might be another tried out year and next year because he's on a one year and the cap might go up. Somebody's going to give him four and a half again and be right back here. Guy's going to be bought out like three times at the same time. It'd be insane. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Ajo, eight times nine, seven, five with Carolina. Uh, I mean, as far as our leaf world goes for William Nylander. This was uh, not looking good for his 10 million plus. eh? like when everybody was coming out saying the 10 plus, okay, I get it. That's what Matthew's got. That's what Marner got, but they're completely different players. Like it's, it's oh, a exactly. completely different scenario. Um, and then seeing some of the other comparables lately around the league, like it's still not straight up comparable, but like Ajo's a center, which historically is valued higher than wingers. So that right there doesn't help Nylander's case. And then Ajo didn't get, you know, the 12, 13 million, whatever. And it's not like Caroline is a low tax state. Yeah. And look, we talked to, you know, ends about, the Leafs setting their own internal number here by signing the other guys to over 10 that like, you know, he has somewhat of a valid argument to ask for the same, at least to ask for it, not to get it. Uh, But, you know, now we've got Brad Trilliving. It's not the same person who signed those contracts. There's other ones getting signed around him. Like I I think the landscape has very quickly shifted around Nylander and his agent. And they're either going to have to adjust or find themselves playing uh, somewhere like Columbus. So I don't know what he likes better, taking maybe 800 or 900 grand less or, you know, going and losing a bunch of games with Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he, he's going to end up somewhere like, like, who else can afford to give him that? I don't even know if they can. Like, who's got the cap space for that? Well who really thought that anybody had the cap space for Eric Carlson either. 
Yeah, but there's a difference between like making a trade and involving multiple teams and retaining salary and yada yada and like signing a free agent. Like they're going to have to do other things in order to make it work. So I'm just talking like teams currently like Chicago and Anaheim at this moment could pay him 10 plus. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Nashville's close, but not really. Holy moly. Yeah. So do you really, I mean, Chicago would be, I I guess kind of fun, but like Funko and Anaheim, sorry guys, like not right now. Are you kidding me? Willie would be prime time in Anaheim. Oh, that rhymed. Look at you. Uh, Yeah. I just, (laughs) I feel like Anaheim is just not trying right now. Like, I feel like they were going for Bedard. Now it's like, okay. Now what? Oh, darn. They got Fantilli. But is he going to play this year, you think? Mm, That's what I mean. That's what I mean is like, he's not somebody who's slotting into the lineup immediately. And I think that's the difference because they, they don't don't really have like a one, a decent one C right now. Like, I mean, Zegris is an RFA. They got to figure that out still. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, from Tarasenko, we got Nick Abrazese signs two times 1.55. I don't hate that. I think he, this is kind of a year to either uh, shit or get off the pot for him. Yep. Nicky Alphabets. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys come through this rotation and, you know, the Mikheyevs, the uh, um, fucking who else? Who am I blanking on names right now? Kapanen. <laughs> Like different guys that just come through and are going to play some slot, and we developed them. Did it work or didn't it? And they move on. So we'll see. Well, there's been lot, lots of guys, right? You got um, uh, yeah, Marchman. just fucking yeah, <laughs> blanking Mason on names Marchman, right now. Trevor Moore, um, Dennis realistic, Mulligan. Realistically, Engvall did that. Yeah, right. Like guys working their way up. Uh, Jeremy Swayman one times 3.5 ish in arbitration so uh, yeah that's about what he's worth I think it's going to be tough after a year like I don't know what Boston's going to do man they've got a lot to figure out Trent Frederick two times 2.3 yeah I don't know (laughs) Um, Swayman like for, for one year I think that's a pretty good deal but realistically he probably should be going for a little more yeah they're gonna lose him unless they can pay him next year and uh they gotta make a decision on those goalies because i don't think the tandem thing as cute as it is i don't think they can keep it up uh money wise and really like they've got so much they got to figure out that i would just fill out the uh the forward holes before you start picking between two goalies yeah well especially when you lose you're, you know, basically your top two centers. Like they have Zaka and yeah. Coyle. Jesus, yeah. Uh, Terry, seven times seven. That's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Takes until he's 32. It's not going to look too bad. Uh, similar number, though, one that I don't really get is Tom Wilson. Um, seven times six and a half with Washington. Now, this is one team that we were just talking about where, you know, they're looking at 
starting to move on to the next generation. They got to start planning for the future. And they give a 29 year old seven years. This I don't get. Am I missing something? Um, Washington. Realistically, they've been, I, I know I just accused Seattle of it, but they've been like the anti golden Knights, which is kind of funny. Cause when Washington won their cup, like, they have been so ridiculously loyal to pretty much everybody. Like the contract they gave Nick Backstrom when he was up for renewal. Like that was a, a, a career accomplishment contract. Like, thank you for everything you've done for us. Not a, this is what you're worth right now. So this is what we're giving you. And I don't know if it's trying to keep Ovi's friends around to keep him happy while he's trying to break the record or what it is. But long term, it's not going to work out well for the franchise. Yeah, he's going to be 30 when this kicks in next year. Uh, he had 15 points in 21 games in their 2018 Stanley Cup run. Like, like these stats are are old even. Like, what are they talking about here? <laughs> um, has 326 points in 763 regular and playoff games, including a career best 52 in 21-22 before tearing the ACL in his left knee in the first round. Like, I, and we're going to give him more money until, like, I don't get this. Six and a half a year till he's 37? That's crazy, man. I yeah. don't know. That's going to suck in a few years. Like, that's going to suck in, like, two years. The guy gets hurt again? I don't know. Uh, Matt Dumba finally signs one times 3.9 to Arizona Man, this is the unfortunate thing of signing in free agency in August is uh, there's not much money left and there's very few teams left to go to. So uh, sorry, Matt, you're off to the desert for probably, I'm going to say, three quarters of what he was asking for originally, at least. If not well, at least half. He's, at least he's probably only going to be there for, what, a season, maybe a season and a half max. They'll flip them. They'll they'll turn them into something. Oh yeah, I mean he's one year, three point nine. It's kind of a yeah. Uh, he got as much as he could, but I would hate to play. Besides the weather, that's gonna suck. And even the weather, man, it's like one hundred and forty degrees there every day now. The the one nice part would be the fact that you could go golfing like literally all the time. Oh yeah, true. I gotta get out, man. I burnt. I got such a bad sunburn on my road trip, like on. It's been a week and a bit and I'm still, I'm in like the peeling part and it's like my whole back and my chest. I just got, dude, I'm so stupid. I didn't put sunscreen on. You're ginger. I know. Okay. I know. I'm dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you guys should know better. Yes, just, I just know. Saying. Uh, so I was lounging on uh, a beach like uh, our friend Matt Murray is going to over on Robodot Island. <laughs> Because, <laughs> man, the, I I thought they were going to buy him out. I didn't foresee this happening. Like, he just got healthy again. But, man, I, I whatever. Leaf's going to leave. Send him off to the island. It's like, hey, how's that shoulder doing? I mean, it's, it's okay. Great. So you're going to take four and a half mil and you're going to go not play for a year. How does that sound? Sure. Well, it was concussions, right? Yeah, great. Like, <laughs> like a quarter of the NHL couldn't go off on the same thing. Like, that's my point. It's like, yeah, I get it. 
but we're talking about guys that are coming out of the playoffs like they probably had a concussion that they played through at one one point or another in that round that just kind of went unchecked well look at matthew kachuk playing with a fractured sternum exactly like i mean bergeron who just retired there was you know he had broken ribs and a punctured lung he was playing through like I, I get it they're always hurt you can stash a guy away if you got the money to it just it kind of sucks you know we tried uh we tried a lot of different goalies but like you know there wasn't the Morazic experiment and then there was the matt murray experiment and now today we find out martin jones is uh a Toronto Maple Leaf, and I can't help but feel like this is another experiment that I am increasingly less enthusiastic about. You know, I will admit I was confident that Murray could turn something around this year or last year, but uh, this one, I'm like, guys, I don't get it. I would rather see Eric Schalgren in net, who's now gone, but I'd rather see him in net for the Leafs than Martin Jones. I don't get it. I just... It's really a slap in the face to Joe Wall. Right? Like, he better be number three behind Wall because this is a guy who, yeah, he's played for shit teams, but, like, he hasn't posted over a 900 in, like, five years. And even the the one season he had a 900, he was, like, a over three goals a game. Yeah, like the fact that he got 27 wins with Seattle last year with us like a nine or an 886 is a miracle. Like, I don't know how they outscored how bad he played. So I, I just I yeah, I agree. It's a slap in the face to wall and to the rest of the people in the system and to I don't know, literally any other available goalie. I don't get how this guy's still working. Like, like a, no a offense of, to him personally, but well, how many chances did Michael Hutchinson get? Um, okay, let me actually, comp- I bet his numbers are better, but make your point. <laughs> no, I'd, like a lot of people were clamoring for Toronto to do this. And some people were saying that it was going to be Brian Elliott or like to get some veteran goalie to just be the third man and either ride the pine and play a handful of games a year or potentially bounce back and forth between the Marlies and the Leafs. But like, yeah, I, I get it. Injuries happen. He's barely better than Martin Jones in through 444 games um, with four assists and four penalty minutes. That's a really attractive four, 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 four line in his stats. <laughs> if anyone's, you know, if anyone likes those things, if anyone's OCD. Yeah. So uh, he's got a nine Oh five on his career. Michael Hutchinson, who only played 153 NHL games, has a 902. So he's barely better than Hutchinson, who's a career backup goalie. But only you can play. Hutchinson's only 33 years old. Are you kidding? Yep. He's the same age as Martin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wait, was Jones an undrafted player? Uh, no, he should have been drafted by the Kings. It doesn't say on Hockey DB. Because at one point the Kings had Quick, Bernier, Jones. Like they had this string of promising young goalies coming up pretty much all at the same time. Or if or if he wasn't drafted by them, he at least 
was signed by them almost immediately. Yeah, it doesn't look like he was. Yeah, he was offered a tryout with the LA Kings. Uh, he was selected fourth round of the 2005 WHL Bantam draft. He joined the Hitmen in 0607, served as backup to Dan Spence for two seasons. Eligible for the 2008 entry draft, but went undrafted and was offered a tryout from the LA Kings. So, yeah, Michael Hutchinson, who was drafted in the third round of the year that Martin Jones went undrafted, is about as good, but has played like 300 less games. So that's why I'm like, I don't get it. Let's, I'd rather give Joseph Wall an extra 800 grand than that. That's not true. I'd rather have another backup goalie, but I just don't understand this one. I, I definitely, like, yet again, I see a lot of people calling for something like this to happen but i i don't think unless there's a clear plan they sat down with the goalies and have it all laid out that way no one's it sounds so silly that i'm saying no one's offended because you have to earn your spot on the team it's not like we're talking about patrick wall or martin broder here but like wall has been con has been slowly pushing his way up through the ranks this whole time going through tons of injury problems and everything played great for us last year when he had to come in when Sammy got hurt in the playoffs. Like you can't pin those losses on wall. No, I'm also like, if you're going to try to like, how old's wall? 23, 24, 25, 25. Okay. Well, if you're still, eh, okay. But I mean, he's a goalie. So if you're still trying to see what you have there, like you've spent all this, time and all these resources on him like i just don't understand bringing for you know a league min somebody that like you know exactly what you're getting like it just seems a little safe and like you know you can afford to not be with your backup i think especially with this team like we weren't losing games on joseph wall's back like you said like that being said you know sammy does have a little bit of a history of getting injured yeah. Sammy goes down. You have Wall playing the majority of the games. Like, are you calling up Petro? Or are you calling up Hildeby, Pexa? Like, you've got nobody else proven. So, like, in that sense, I get it. But the three three goalie system does not work. The Islanders tried it way back. It did not work. There's been a couple of other teams that have tried juggling three at one point or another. And it just, it, it doesn't work. The only goalies, I'm just looking at who's a free agent. Holy moly. Brian Elliott, Yaro Halak, Anton Hudobin, Mike Smith, Jonathan Bernier. Bernier still listed as a free agent. My God. Yeah. Aaron Dell, Corey Schneider, Michael Hutchinson, John Gillies, Jean Francois Berube. Yeah, I guess Martin Jones is the best one there, but like you waited till Martin Jones was. I don't know. Not trying. I'm trying not to be so down on the guy, but it's just like doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Such a weird move. Uh, speaking of moves, another thing that happened: Eric Carlson finally, finally gets traded. Mr. Kyle Dubas uh, adds to his list of ex um, overpaid San Jose Sharks that he has collected. Right, I mean, I don't. I mean, Lamorello brought Marlowe in, but we had Thornton, and then 
Yeah. At least we weren't paying Thornton like five, six million. <clears throat> yeah, Jesus. But uh, so Carlson, I got to pull up this whole friggin' clown show of a trade. But uh, <laughs> yeah, here Carlson trade. First impressions, though. I mean, Dubas, I don't really get it. Like, I get it. He's got to go for it with these guys, but they're so old. I just, <laughs> uh, I don't know what Pittsburgh's going to be like this year. It'll be interesting to see. Where's the friggin'? Oh my God. Just, I don't want to see an article. I just want to see, like, what's the trade? Nine player deal. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Here's the picture I wanted. So Pittsburgh gets Carlson, Rem Pitlick, Dylan Hamaluk. Ham- 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 I don't know. I had a 2026 third round pick. So Rem Pitlick from Montreal, the rest from San Jose. A pretty good haul from Pittsburgh for giving up uh, a first rounder, Mikhail Granlund, who kind of hops around. Good player, but uh, didn't they just get him too? Wasn't he on Nashville? Yep. Jan Ruda, uh, second round pick, Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, and Nathan Laguerre. Um, so, I mean, they gave up, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So five players and a first and second round pick to get Carlson, Pitlick, Hamlick, and a third. It's a pretty good deal, I got to say. Asterix, it's- if Carlson is any good. Oh, yeah, if he's the Norris Trophy winning defenseman from last year, then that's a great deal. But, like, I don't know. In his prime, Carlson was one of the best offensive defensemen the league has seen in the last two, three decades. But he has long past his prime. I know he just won a Norris. I know he scored 100 points. People are going to be screaming at me. But, like, I don't want... Morgan Riley goes out and scores 100 points and is a minus 26. Okay, yeah, cool. A defenseman got 100 points, but I'm I'm not going to be happy. I mean, yeah, we're looking to bring it back to Martin Jones. Like, look who he was playing behind. The guy was rocking... I mean, actually, to be fair, those were his better years when he was above 900, but I mean, San Jose 2018 to 2021, he was sub 900 and losing games like crazy. And, uh, I mean, even when he was 36 and 19, he was an 896 because I'm not blaming it all on Eric Carlson, but you know, if that's your defensive leader, you got to have a pretty strong goalie behind you and they didn't. So just worried about what Pittsburgh is going to have there. Like, I know they've got strong leadership and you've got, you know, of course, any year with Crosby and Malkin, you got to go for it. But like, really? I don't know if, if the two of them with Eric Carlson and Chris Letang can, can pull it off. Like, I mean, they're all over 35 or around 35. It just seems, seems like a big gamble. It's like the expendables. <laughs> the expendables is actually a perfect way to describe this team. Um, thank you oh that is awesome um i wish i would have thought about that 
Who's the one who puts it together? Is it like Helen Mirren? Oh, I'm still trying to th- like. I'm thinking of like the first one. I just went to see Barbie and I saw a poster for Expendables Four, and I was like, "Wait, there's four of these? Like, what are we doing?" That's the funniest crazy. part is like, for anybody that knows my wife, you would not expect her to like that kind of movie. She loves the Expendable movies. Oh, which my mom is just, does too. Like, I, and, and it's it's so funny because they are not her type of movie at all because they're so ridiculous. But. Oh my god, that is awesome. Like 36, 37, 31, 30, 32, 38, 34, 31, 26, 25, 30, and 25. That's the age of their forward group. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's they yeah, they're the expendables. That's hilarious. And and the the young ones, one of them is Alex Nylander. Oof. Who has be- bounced around and bounced around, so he's probably not even going to stay on the team. Like your defense core, your top four, 33, 36, 28, 27. Holy. See, and then you have an oft injured Tristan Jari as your starter with Alex Nadalkovich as your backup. All I'm saying, it's looking good for Buffalo and for Ottawa. And that's kind of it, I guess. I don't know. The Atlantic's going to be in a shift year, I think, finally. Yeah, the Metro, but I know we're talking Pittsburgh, but it's uh, it's going to look pretty different come playoff time as far as the teams that have kind of been a lock for the last decade, if not more. I'm just seeing this trade go down. (laughs) I'm talking like Pittsburgh didn't just miss the playoffs last year. (laughs) Um, Seeing this trade go down makes me really thankful that it didn't happen for the Leafs. Like, as much as I did, I I did, like, I was a a firm believer in what Dubas was trying to do. I'm not going to hide from that. I said multiple times that I I liked some of the ideas and some of the thought processes behind what he was doing. It just, it didn't work. But, like, Carlson's 10 million. We signed... Reeves, which, okay, I don't agree with, but Reeves, Domi, Klingberg, and Bertuzzi for what, 12? Yeah, I think so. Like, I'd take those four over Carlson. Yeah, I mean, Klingberg is our Carlson, right? Plays no defense, all offense. Uh, Sure, like, I'll take that for, what do we give him, five and a half? I want to say it was like 4.5 or something like that, wasn't it? I thought they gave Klingberg more. Um, but just to wrap four, up this 4.15. Oh, well, it's less than I thought. Uh, just to wrap this up, what do we think of how San Jose did? I mean, obviously they were in a position where, you know, your weird albatross of a contract scores a hundred points and wins the Norris. And you're kind of given this weird opportunity to get rid of him. Uh, so it's like, that kind of comes out in the wash right like you should have to pay to get rid of his contract but he's good so he's kind of at value for it like you're not getting a good valued contract you're just kind of getting a a like a fairly overpaid shitty defenseman who scores a lot like realistically Greer was in a tough spot because everybody knew this it wasn't the Matthew Kachuk situation, but everybody knew this had to go down. 
Yeah, the, the train was coming by and everybody was standing there waiting for, you know, Brio to show up with his wares, right? It's, you know, they checking the clock and here it comes and he's got to come through and trade it this offseason. So he's got a first round pick. He's got a forward in Mikael Granlin who is hit and miss, but at times has proven to be a at least somewhat usable forward in the NHL. And Good he has a defenseman. He's an assist a, monster. A, a defenseman to at least take the roster position of Carlson and Jan Ruda. Like he's not going to do what Carlson did, but he can, he's at least a body that can skate and play. And then you got Mike Kaufman coming in, who maybe somewhere like San Jose, maybe he can get slowly get back a little bit of you know. He was a borderline considered a sniper at one point, right? Yeah, I'm just looking. Granlin did not do well with uh, Pittsburgh. No. Five so, points through 21 games. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for for San Jose to start to fill out. Like, their problem has been these boat contracts and then young kids that they're trying to develop. Like, they need some mid-level, like, talent that's not extremely overpaid and aging. Like, great, Couture and Velasic are awesome, but they're paid way too much money for how old and... and little production they're giving now. So they need some guys that can produce for decent money that are in that middle range and they can finally afford it now that Carlson's gone. So I get it, but well, and, and that's still not an awesome, like superstar team, but we'll see. But like that, that's the biggest thing. They got a first round pick two forwards who can play and contribute and a defenseman who, who will at least fill the spot and allow some of the kids that they have or that they're looking at, you know, develop a little bit. And they didn't have to retain any salary. Yeah. Because San Jose didn't retain any of it, which if you would have told me this trade was going to go down and San Jose didn't retain anything, I would have laughed at you. Like, okay, they said they weren't going to retain 50%, which I get, but that they didn't retain anything at all. That's impressive. Wait, who didn't retain any? San Jose. On who? Carlson. No, they retained 1.5. I thought it was through Montreal that he retained. Oh, did Montreal retain? I've seen so many different reports of who retained what. Because it says Jeff Petrie's 25% retained and Eric Carlson's 1.5 mil retained. Uh, Here. Maybe. Um, Per the Penguins, here's the trade. San Jose retains 1.5 mil of Carlson's salary. Pittsburgh retains 25% of Petrie's. So, still, they didn't retain... What does that work out to be? 1.5. So they're still retaining less than 2 million. They mm-hmm. retain less on him than they did on Brent Burns. Because they retained 2.7 on Burns. This is such a complicated trade. Oh, it's, so it's, it's so ridiculous. From Eric Engels, here's why the Canadians are making this trade. Um... He, okay, so opened up retention spots retaining 50% of Petrie's contract, turns Petrie into a 2.34 mil cap hit this season and next, and that could open up a wider market for his services. He has a 15-team no-trade list and will have to consider being flexible if he doesn't wish to return to Montreal. I don't know. There's a bunch of... I'm not reading all this. <laughs> There's so many weird pieces of this and how this worked, but I just... I'm proud of Dubas for figuring something out without his, uh, you know, Brennan Pridham 
calculator beside him. Speaking of which, do you think he was expecting Pridham to pull Espeza and just leave and join him in Pittsburgh? That's why the comments were made when he announced that he was staying on as general manager. Like, let's go, guys. Guys? And, like, no one leaves with him? Yeah, it could have been. Like, it, it, it. if so, that's really, really funny. Um, but we, we all kind of saw that coming when he was named president and they didn't have a general manager and then he goes and sign, like hires Spezza to be an assistant. It's like, really? You're not going to hire a general manager. It's like, I keep making this joke, but for anybody who's seen Vice or knows the story of, uh, of Dick Cheney and George Bush, uh, basically Cheney was brought on to find the best running mate for George Bush leading up to the 2000 presidential election. And uh, after interviewing a bunch of people, Cheney decided that he was himself the best candidate to be vice president. And I can't help but make the comparison here to Dubas, where it's like he told the Penguins, like, yeah, I'll be the president of Hockey Ops. I will find you guys the best GM. I'll go through the hiring process and flex all my contacts and all this. And then at the end of it, he's like, guys, I've talked to so many people and I, I got to say, I'm still, I think, I know this sounds crazy, but I think I'm, I'm still the best person for the job. I can do both. I can do it. <laughs> I will take a little bit less uh, than 100% of the GM salary on top of my president of hockey ops, but I'm willing to take on the extra responsibilities 100%. So you guys can, <laughs> you guys can get a little bit of a deal and uh, I get to uh, have my toys back. Because, like, come on, Dubas, you're too young to be sitting back already and not having your hands in the team. By the way, you see people. um, I think he is. Yeah, you see people. Thirty (laughs) seven. People comparing the cores of Toronto and Pittsburgh and like bashing the Toronto one. It's like, who do you think signed those contracts? Dubas signed those contracts. So if you want to praise him for the Pittsburgh one, which all he did was bring in Carlson. Yeah, he hasn't you want really to say much how much, like, yeah. He signed some strange contracts. Look at him that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Sammy uh, forgot to come back to this one. Goes to arbitration. And uh, what was the number finally? Because I know he came Samson in. off, 3.55. Mm. Yeah, because he came in at five. Leafs wanted like two. So, yeah, it's right down in the middle. 3.65 would have been the middle. 3.55, as Steph called it. Um, It's a year, you know, we're kind of still in this question mark zone of goaltending. But I think Samsonov is a pretty good mercenary for now. And I think that's the way that everybody's looking at it. Like, he understands the situation. He knows that he's not the long-term thing. And he's just taking advantage of it for, you know, I could be the number one goalie in Toronto and be, you know, shown off to be a starter instead of a backup or a one B or whatever he was considered before and, you know, get his money afterwards. But uh, I think the Leafs still need to spend this year seriously looking at what they're going to do about a goalie. And, you know, if this Nylander thing falls apart, I think the best thing that they can move that for is a goaltender. But yeah, yeah. I know you guys have talked about the the depth in the prospect pool that they have for goaltending, but it's, you know, they're goalies, right? Nothing's for sure and nothing's right now. So I'm interested but to see. Also, 
like on top of that, nothing's for sure. Nothing's right now. And everything can change with the blink of an eye. Like yeah. I know that, that, that could go for any player, but like look at Martin Jones. He took San Jose to the Stanley cup final played incredible in those playoff runs. And he's done nothing since. Carey Price dragged the Canadians kicking and screaming to the cup final in the bubble year. Well, look at Ian Scott, who retired at, what, 24 out of our prospect pool. Like, it's, you know, shit happens. So, you never know. Toiling away in the minors and then coming up and being lights out, leading St. Louis to their first ever cup. Like, it, it definitely could happen. It's... Almost seem it almost seemingly never happens for the Leafs, but it it can like it is possible. And the way you put yourself in a position for that is to try to build that prospect pool, which we have. We just have to hope for one of them to hit. It's such a hard thing to try out, right? Like you can you can throw a forward on the third line, and if it's not working, you just bench him, pull his minutes down. But like to throw a goalie in there for a regular season game is just. It's not something you can hide, you know. It's tough to get these guys from uh, from no games played in the NHL to all of a sudden they're a backup. I, I would love, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would really love to see Hildeby and or Pexa play a game or two. Yeah, it's always like, you know, you hear these names forever and then they either disappear or it's like, oh, now they're going to play this year. So I'm interested to see which of those names start to actually uh, reach the ice this year instead of just floating around in Marley land <laughs> or wherever else. Um, we got a few minutes left. Anything you wanted to touch on hockey history or anything fun going on in the summer? Um, nothing in particular. We had, like I mentioned earlier, we had grand plans. Um, I had an idea for a little, series that we wanted to put together which we haven't quite quite done yet on some Leafs players of the past that maybe people don't know too much about which maybe we'll still get off the ground and running but um yeah it's it's been nice kind of getting away and not that this is super stressful or anything but (laughs) you know putting the phone down I've been trying to make a conscious effort to not be on my phone or on a screen spending more time with the family when I'm not at work, which is very rare as it is. So yeah. Looking yeah, forward to the season to... coming back. Me too. I mean, I've been trying to do the same. I mean, since I've not been working the last like two weeks with going on vacation on the road trip and everything, I've just been uh, sorry if you've texted me and I haven't gotten back to you. I will do that soon. Uh, I've just kind of gone into MIA mode for the summer. Cause I, I feel like the last couple of years I've, I've given too much of myself to work and stuff. So I'm taking some time, but, uh, this, you know, like you said, it's not really work, but it's, uh, it's late nights and I'm doing some planning and stuff. So, but it's nice to get back to it. I feel like, uh, like I was saying, without any other shows to listen to, I feel like I need to just do it for the sake of my own content to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did, if anybody, uh, in our world of listeners plays Animal Crossing. I just got into that. I know I'm late to the party because it's like four years old at this point, but uh, ripping some Animal Crossing New Horizons on Switch. If anyone wants to add me, shoot me a message on on Twitter and we can see each other's islands. I know you don't <laughs> understand, Bean, but this is a game I grew up with. No, I don't understand. But that being said, 
my son and I play Pokemon, so it's okay. Well, you know how like Wii Sports is the best selling game because it came with the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. Animal Crossing, when I was a kid, came with a GameCube. So like anyone who got it will like certain ones when it first came out in 2001. It came with Animal Crossing. So a bunch of people just had it. So there is a game that was available on GameCube. I don't know if it was available on any other console that we had. And it's called Eternal Darkness. Eternal Darkness, no. And it was the one of the coolest games I've ever played. And I've I, I would love to be able to get my hands on a copy and play it again. Basic like to summer summarize it, you're the main character you get called to, I believe it was your father's, your grandfather's house, and it you go back through different stages of your family's history all throughout time and dealing with these demons and stuff like that. It's it was really fascinating. It's been regarded as one of the greatest games of all time. It has like a 96. Like, okay, what? Yeah, it was really, really good. Okay, cool. Let's check out some stuff on that. Oh, speaking of Pokemon, um, on the Nintendo Switch, they have like a uh, N64 emulator thing where you can like yep. play. Yeah, so they added Pokemon Stadium. So I'm very excited to play that one. That was a classic. Did you guys ever rip that one? I played Pokemon Stadium 1. I don't think I ever played Stadium 2. It's just the next generation. It's the same. Yeah. It came out like literally. I, I haven't year. shown it to Patrick yet, but so he's it, it's really weird because, you know, I was into obviously the first generation of Pokemon. I had my dad actually bought me yellow first. So I had yellow and then I had blue and then I had silver. Silver was my first one. And then I stopped. And now there's everything like sun and star and there's they a just million redid different... ruby and sapphire i think or fire red and leaf green yeah so the first one we bought my son was sword and then we just got um scarlet which is one of the newest ones wild I was at an antique store in Rhode Island and they had Pokemon gold and silver. I was like, get the fuck. These are not antiques. It's insane. I, oh, take a stab at how much they were. Oh, Originally. God. I mean, they were, I'd say they're a little overpriced, but. 200 a piece. Oh, no, they were 75 bucks. US. Oh, okay. But like, man, I remember buying that from Blockbuster. Uh, I got it used and it was like, even then it was t- probably twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine for that game. Pokemon was expensive always. Oh yeah. And like, so we downloaded Pokemon Go on my phone for my son and it ended up, it's turned into almost be more for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's exploded. I did not realize how many, with all the different generations, how many friggin' Pokemon there are. It's yeah, crazy. I, I tried to get back into Pokemon Go and I just felt lost. I was like, ah, oh, there's too many new Pokemon. So a funny story, and my wife is going to kill me if she finds it. I mentioned this over a podcast. So I actually had Pokemon Go on my phone when she was pregnant. And it was very, very late in her pregnancy. And we would go for walks every day because it's supposed to help, you know, get things going. Yeah. And I kept hatching eggs in Pokemon <laughs> Go. 
and she got so pissed off. I had to delete it off my phone. Oh my God. Cause like she was very, very pregnant, very close to her due date. And it was, it was very frustrating. So I, I tease her about that now. I am a father to many things right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing multiple paternal things at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Pokemon's classic. There was a couple, uh, like hacked ROMs you can download too, like the people have built. Another one I want to get back into is Guitar Hero. I found Clone Hero where you can like download songs people have done and plug your guitar back in. I should sell, I have three Guitar Hero guitars. I think those things are worth something now. So I'm going to check. Probably. I, w- I was one of those weirdos who couldn't play it with the guitar and I had to use the controller. That's so weird. So like I, I was really good with the controller, but I had to use the controller. So I the had thing- to stop playing at Legends. Was it Legends of Rock? I think was the last one you could use the controller. Oh, I didn't know they stopped supporting that. The problem I'm going to have is uh, I think two of the controllers I have, the guitars are specifically Xbox 360 ones. One of them is wired, meaning it just has a USB thing. So you can plug it into your computer. So that's probably the one that's worth the most because I doubt it's easy to connect a wireless xbox 360 guitar to your computer um anything for xbox connects to your computer almost instantaneously because it's all microsoft based true i have a mac so it's not easy oh yeah you're one of those guys i'm one of those guys who does things (laughs) like podcast editing (laughs) speaking of which we should get out of here um i'll uh let's try to do this more than when stuff happens uh, so more, uh, <laughs> more than once over the summer. <laughs> yeah. So at the very, very latest, we'll be back next Wednesday. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Sleeps late night. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, YouTube at Inside the Rink. You can catch the videos as always. And yeah, see you later. We love you, Marty. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. I I don't have anything. I don't know. So I don't know why I never thought of it.